don't try to kill Shayna. She will cut you. Hello and welcome to the Gemcast. This is Alex Knight and I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In episode 25, Culture Clash, an eccentric artist, Fitzgerald Beck, is the art director for Gem and the Hologram's new video. His art dealer is using his sculptures to smuggle stolen diamonds. The misfits discover this and plan to rig the sculptures to explode on stage while Gem and the Holograms are filming a music video, and the police blame Gem and the Holograms for the diamond theft. Will the band be able to find evidence to clear their name? Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. All right, episode 25 is written by David Wise. Now, that name sounds familiar. Has he written previous episodes i swear that name's popped up before or maybe it's later episodes i know he's written more than one episode maybe i don't know you're the one who keeps track of these things Alex. I, I'm maybe just i like, should track that i'm just like where's christy marks that's all i care about mm-hmm. yeah i feel spoiled after that amazing two-parter that we yes. did in the last couple of weeks and super uh, excited for more like that my sense is i mean obviously this episode does not live up to the christy marks two-parter that's for sure but uh, we'll get into that. Uh, so let's just dive right in. We open this week with Gem and the Holograms arriving in New York City. As the band makes an attempt to leave the airport, they're mobbed by the press, who ask them questions regarding the length of their stay and what they'll be doing. Kimber answers a reporter by asking him if he reads the paper, because apparently they made an announcement that they'll be shooting their new music video. The Misfits are close by, watching the Holograms get all of the attention. Stormer and Roxy are not happy about how Eric dropped the ball this time, but Bazaz actually promises to make sure their stay in New York is a disaster. The funniest thing about this to me so far was that like they're being hounded by all of these reporters and asking questions and the reporters are like, how long are you going to be in town? And Jim's like, only two weeks. And I was like, really? Two weeks is actually kind of a long time to be in a city filming a music video. Yeah, like you would think that they would be doing some other stuff. Yeah, like, we're only here for 48 hours, but like, we're only here for two weeks just kind of struck me. It's because they don't leave that house. They just sit <laughs> Maybe. There. They're, they're kind of like me. Strangely, like... East, the West Coast house on the East Coast. <laughs> you know, I'm not surprised about the length of time that it would take them to film a music video uh, by Fitzgerald Beck. Because if, I mean, just judging by what, what actually happens later on in this episode, uh, yeah. Well, and also they also have to have like the Misfits filter or the Misfits padding in there because you know they're going to mess with something. So it's like, oh yeah, we've got to have like three days on either end of whatever it would normally take so that, you know, we can actually <laughs> do this. This is true. Wait, wait are, true. You, are you telling me that we don't get a single episode where the Misfits don't actually make an attempt to sabotage something? Uh, Not in my experience. Wow. I'm disappointed are you, now. Are you dumbfounded? I am dumbfounded. That is a good word for it. I mean, I think the only time the Misfits don't show up is when the Stingers show up. To ruin everything for no good reason. Mm, yeah, I, think so that's... I, can't, I can't wait till we get to them. They'll be good. In the limo ride to the hotel, Anthony, Julian, and Video join the holograms to tell them about the new art director for the music video, Fitzgerald Beck. 
But when Julian mentions Beck's name, the holograms admit they haven't heard of him. And Video says, well, he's only the hottest conceptual artist in America. And Anthony says, these are some of his performance works. You'll understand more at the party he's throwing. And then he shows the videos and I just lost it. I absolutely the lost videos it. are are totally like they're just every parody of avant-gardeness mm-hmm. you could ever ask for is in these videos and even yes. like when the first video is like of men like it's covered. almost like the blue man group but right, before the blue thinking. man group it's like the blue man group except for white men spoons <laughs> they're banging spoons <laughs> on their head and then the best one my favorite my personal favorite is a taxi car drives off a cliff and into the size of a like mountain-sized television set, which explodes. Oh my god! It was like a Michael Bay movie. If Michael <laughs> Bay was like into the like avant-garde, like he would. That's that's what he would be making. So what you're saying is, Jim and the Holograms is before its time. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. my my favorite part of that though that whole conversation is when Vio's like he's only the most famous conceptual artist in america and quite honestly i challenge anybody to name me any conceptual artist in america that you know just randomly off the top of your head unless you were actually in the avant-garde art world and i don't believe that video is actually hanging around in the avant-garde art world to know these things he was like conceptual artist is not a thing that people knew about just randomly at any time in the 80s or otherwise, okay? Right. Like, I have the internet and I couldn't tell you anything. You know, like, I don't know. Well, I, I think the the demonstration uh, of uh, Beck's performance work in, in the limo really sets the tone for uh, his art and his inventions uh, later on in this episode. Because, in fact, actually, as the holograms arrive at the party... They walk into a room with a bunch of very peculiar robot art pieces. And Aja says, well, I guess sometimes more is less. Mm-hmm. Aja knows. Aja does know. But it's it's kind of interesting, even though there are a lot of weird things that go down in this episode. This episode really is like just completely bashing high art. Like that's it the is. only reason this episode exists is because it's, pretent- it's pretentious and just right. It, it's just bonkers. Yeah, and it, I, I find that to, to be really an interesting choice because, for one thing, let us not forget this is a kids' show. Like I remember being eight and being like, I don't understand what is even happening. Why is why are they employing the services of a dude who dresses dudes up in white and makes them hit themselves on the head with spoons? Like as an adult, I understand now the concept of like avant garde performance art. But that was something that was completely lost on me when I was nine. So- Can you explain it to me? Because I do not understand as an adult. I've seen, I've, I've been to art galleries and I have seen stuff like, like almost on the verge of, of the stuff we've actually seen in this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it does. Like, it does exist. You know, I guess it's because, um, I went to NYU and I spent a lot of time in New York. You get around a certain crowd, you start to see stuff like this all the time. <laughs> It's really not out of the way of anything that I saw. And like, you know, in my school at Gallatin, which was all like, make your own major and do your own thing. And now we're going to have an arts festival. And then you're like, there's there's like a a spinny robot with 
with boxing gloves. Okay, sure. Um, and yeah, like, as Alex said, like that first video looks like the Blue Man Group. Like it literally, that was my first thought upon watching this episode again. I was like, that is the Blue Man Group. What is this? That's the Gray Man Group before they got signed. those uh robotic sculptures really pale in comparison to what comes up next and i think this is probably my favorite scene because it's just it's so bizarre just so incredibly bizarre a man takes the stage and stands in front of a glossy black grand piano with mallet in hand kimber asks a lady standing next to her what he's about to do and she tells kimber that he's about to perform fitzgerald beck's piano sonata okay so mm, i'm thinking what could this possibly be well the man immediately starts smashing the piano with the mallet and moments later we see a chainsaw come down on the piano tearing it to shreds kimber asks what the uh Kimber asks what the performer is doing, and the lady explains he's now entering the second movement, and I I, I wanted to puke. I'm telling you, this is exactly what performance art it, it's is It's pretentious like. drivel. It's just yeah. nonsense. Now watch, what's going to happen is there are going to be a bunch of performance artists who are going to send us all letters, angry letters, because I said, like, this is just like performance art, but it really is. Sorry, guys. Well, it, it, don't send angry letters. Explain to Elaine in a very kind and loving manner this because I, I'm I'm being 100% serious here. Like this is not a part of my brain that 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 works like the parts of other people's brains. You know, like like I look at it and I'm just like, oh, okay. I don't I don't understand what's happening here. I don't understand what this commentary is supposed to be. And I feel like that about a lot of art, like a lot of paintings, you know, like, like paint splatters on a canvas. I'm like, I could do this. This is literally a thing I can do. Can you please tell me why this is amazing? I don't, I don't understand. And, and I, I don't feel, understand it either. Okay. That makes me feel better, but like, I really want to, but I don't. I can I don't tell think you. There, I don't know if there's anything to honestly understand because, uh, and I'm sure within the art world too, there, I would imagine that there's, there's some contention there too with, with this space. And maybe, uh, Tempest can, can speak to that. But like to me, when I see someone smashing a piano, I don't see that. I, I agree with the, the first part of that. I agree with the word performance. It's a performance. I don't agree that's art because that there is no talent involved. Anyone can just walk up to a piano and smash it. And you've, all you've done is destroyed a incredibly expensive, beautifully handmade instrument that actually produces music, like things that something that is, that actually requires years of training and talent to actually produce. So I don't get it. So here's <laughs> the thing. School I feel like school I, I can't even necessarily school you because all I can say is I feel like these moments are the reason why uh, I got th- th- these moments justify the fact that I have a a quote fancy private school education quote <laughs> like as in, in college because I because <laughs> I can totally make up what the artist statement is for this piece. I can tell you right now that it is a commentary on um, the stodginess of classical music, of which the grand piano is an icon. It is the the centerpiece of what we consider uh, to be icon- classical correct music. And so thus by destroying 
the piano first with a hammer, which is reflective of the hammers within the piano that that hit the strings. It's an artisanal hammer. <clears throat> it's an artisanal hammer. And with the destruction, uh, using a hammer-like object, you are honoring and also like reflecting how the piano creates music while also destroying it and thus allowing for it to be opened up and allowing for art and music to open up into a new era, a new era that is not tied with the strings of classical aesthetics and into something that is beyond. And that is why we need the chainsaw because we need to open up. We need to open up the piano and let the new music out. And that is the statement of the sonata that Mr. Beck has made. And I'm telling you right now, like every penny that I pay for my education <laughs> was worth it just so I could do that. I love it. No, I'm laughing, but it's like, I, I love, I love that you can look at that and you can tell me all of this and I can cock my head a little bit because you can't see me. And I'm like, oh, I can kind of see how that makes sense. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm this telling is you, I see. I have see I have heard so many people pre pretentiously go on about such things <laughs> in my time as as both a student and a viewer of art that I was immediately like yes yes I can see how this is a deep statement and it is a sonata I see it Mr. Beck I see it that explanation was better than any actual performance art. That was amazing. I am so glad we do this podcast. Because, I mean, everything, <laughs> every bad episode we watched was worth it for that moment. Yeah. Just saying. Well, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's no way to elegantly I, I did, back yeah. in. You just got to be like, and now. Gem and the Holograms will be back after these messages. <laughs> do -do, do -do, do -do, do -do. On the set of the new Gem and the Holograms music video, Jim impatiently remarks at Fitzgerald Beck's tardiness. Jim says, does this guy bother to show up for anything? Clearly, Jim is remarking at the fact that Fitzgerald didn't bother to show up at his own party. But just as Jim complains about him not showing up to set, suddenly the holograms are splashed with a rainbow of paint from above. We see Fitzgerald rappelling down on a rope to meet the band. Julian says, uh... He's coming down. You don't want to hurt his feelings. You know how sensitive artists are. <laughs> oh my oh, god, Julian. So funny. Once again, like this this entire episode is just like taking shot after shot after shot at like high art and and modern art and conceptual art. Like this is just somebody who really hates all of those things. This show has an agenda, man. <laughs> the writers have an agenda. It's true. They do. They do have an agenda. Um, but I just, so the thing that, other than the fact that they got splattered with paint while they were trying to make this video, and of course that happened because conceptual artists, but my thing was, is like, it's kind of unclear how tall the building was they were standing in front of. It seems like how it's long a is that super, rope? right, it's like a super tall building. So not only did he like swing on a rope down the side of a skyscraper, which I'm like, what? But also he threw paint on them from really high up. And even though it's liquid... That if you hurt. throw like paint at somebody from really high up, that's gonna hurt. Mm -hmm. That would it would knock it. It could potentially knock him out. Who knows? Yeah, it depends just, on how tall the building is. Weird. I well, mean, I like not the only idea, that, but though. can we talk about how thousands of dollars worth of equipment just got paint splattered all over it? Whatever. Uh, who's paying for that? <laughs> Anthony, I don't know. Mister Beck, somebody. I assume he's wealthy. 
He is like, I mean, obviously they alluded to him being like one of the world's most popular, at least within the U.S., one of the most popular artists. So he sells stuff. <laughs> but as we find out later, perhaps he doesn't sell Why stuff. Why am I trying to explain this? <laughs> Try to rationalize this just crazy episode. It's okay, because you know what? My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the episode is right up next when, like, okay. he swings down. Yes. And, and Anthony's like, you know, don't say anything to artists or sensitive, blah, blah. And then Jem literally shakes her fist at him and goes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he actually, Fitzgerald says, you know, you fascinate me. And Jem says, oh, yeah, you sure have a funny way of showing it. He is so gross. He is, like, such a creeper. Oh, you fascinate me. You get away from me. Get away. He is so gross. Yeah. Elsewhere, Gem and the Holograms continue to a different location to shoot another scene for their music video. This time, it's on a boat, which is hauling heaps of putrid garbage. Kimber says, so much for our glamorous image. Nausea says, I think we lost that the day Fitzgerald Beck walked into our lives. Wow. Yeah. Damn, girl. Whilst Julian is explaining how the shoot will work on the garbage boat, we see Pizzazz sabotaging the motor and or possibly the electrical system with the misfits watching behind her. Julian calls action on the camera boat, but as Fitzgerald fiddles with the remote control system, he realizes it's broken. The garbage boat begins speeding out of control and the holograms begin to lose sight of the camera boat. Danger is fast approaching as the holograms get close to crossing paths with a large cruise ship. Jem heads to the control room to try and get a handle on the situation. She tells the holograms they have to find the manual controls, and Aja does, and just barely manages to maneuver the boat and avoid collision. Unfortunately, an unintended <laughs> consequence of the drastic change in direction causes Kimber to fall out of an open window and almost fall into the ocean. Fortunately, Kimber manages to grab hold of the railing at the last moment, and Shayna and Aja try to help Kimber aboard. So, once again, we have our patented, it's time for a commercial danger moment <laughs> with this, with everybody almost falling off the garbage And you boat. can tell, by the way, when whenever there's danger about to happen, they get that music, dun 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 mm -hmm. It's like, yep. mm, exciting. The danger music. The danger excitement music. But I have to say... I love, I love, love, love how like right before they get on the garbage boat and Pizzazz goes in to mess stuff up, Pizzazz actually says something <laughs> that is so truthful. I'm like, wow. She says, um, this production is just one big disaster waiting to happen. And she's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to just make sure it does. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, Pizzazz, you, you recognize that this is all just quite honestly, if if all the misfits had just sat back and just been like, we're just going to watch this go down. This is terrible. It would have been enough because it was going to be terrible no matter what. But I think that Pizzazz was like, uh, I'm not satisfied with other people causing mayhem. I have to be part of it. That certainly sounds like Pizzazz. Yep. I also do love that um, when it, it comes time to like fix the manual controls, nobody goes like, how do we do that? Somebody just does it. It's once again, I they don't all necessarily. Know. They all right. know exactly what to do. Yeah. And I don't necessarily believe that, but I like that the show believes that they can do that. Sometimes all you got to do is believe. After arriving wet and a little worse for wear, Gem and the Holograms let off a little steam and confront Fitzgerald about his questionable artistic sensibilities. Not knowing, of course, that the accident was actually created by the Misfits. Fitzgerald says, great art doesn't happen without suffering. Jem says, honestly, I think you mean well, but I also think you're a menace. She calls him a menace. It's so, oh. How 
insensitive is it to say great art doesn't happen without suffering as somebody has almost died here? Yeah. That's not really appropriate. Well, I think, like, I can see in the moment being like, oh, crap. Like, that almost happened. And, like, you're trying to process it. I know this isn't what's happening here. But, like, I could make, make a case for, like, oh, like, I'm processing this and trying to rationalize what happened. But I mean, he's just pretentious, he's just, but... He is just pretentious. He is. <laughs> I, but, but the thing is that I I immediately thought when he said that, he's like, great art doesn't happen without suffering. I was like, don't you think that Jeb knows that? She has to deal with the misfits every week. <laughs> like, that is the amount of suffering that they've had to deal with. They know about making great art. What it would have made that even better if, like, yeah, exactly. Jem, Jem, um, if, if she actually said that to Fitzgerald and then kind of like winked at the camera to like acknowledge that we know that, that would have been <laughs> right? hilarious. Buffering. Also, this, this scene includes another great Shayna moment because when, you know, they're all standing there shivering and, and Fitzgerald like first runs over to them, he's like, you know, oh, if anything had happened and Shayna immediately is like, you wouldn't have anyone to dump paint on. And she does it in her angry black woman voice. <laughs> I was like, and she's like, she doesn't, she's not even nice. She doesn't hesitate. I'm just like, I love you, Shayna. Don't mess with Shayna. Don't try to kill Shayna. She will cut you. But you know what? Shayna was right, though. She had every right to say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like this, Shayna has... She, don't get Shayna mad. Just don't. And I know we've talked about this before, but I don't know. I mean, doesn't it seem like she's like the only one that really understands what is going on? Like the gravitas yeah. of the situation. <laughs> yeah. I, it's I like it's like so. the rest of the holograms are like a cartoon, but Shayna realizes she's not in the cartoon somehow, and she's like the most realistic character. But anyway. I would agree with that assessment. The holograms try to persuade Julian to fire Fitzgerald, and although he agrees, he claims it's too risky as they'll lose credibility. I don't understand this. Do, it does what not do you guys make think any about sense. this? This doesn't make sense to me. Lose credibility, I mean, what, because you're going to fire a potentially dangerous but very popular and highly sought after artist? I mean, I'm sure you could explain to people why. I'm not even sure. I'm not, yeah, I don't know if that would even matter. Is he supposed to be like Andy Warhol? Like a young Andy Warhol in the 80s and like, Uh, everybody knows who he is and... You know, like I think it's hard to to say with certainty, but I mean, certainly it's it's possible that they could have used him as a you know inspiration at least for the character. I'm sure they probably pulled from a different, you know, like like it's one of those things when you write char- fictional characters, you you pull influences from mm-hmm. most of the time from like a multitude of different people. Kind of, it's an, you know that character is an amalgamation of of several people. I, generally, that's that's what I find anyway. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I'm just yeah. trying to think of like why there would be consequences. I, I couldn't figure out any because I'm like, first of all, you know, only Anthony and video of all the people that they even deal with even know who this guy is. OK, I'm sure Lindsay does not know who this guy is. And she so, is the arbiter for all things amazing. So. Right. So. So, yeah, it's like, oh, no, avant garde art lovers will think that we are not avant garde arty enough and they won't buy gem records. Oh, no. They're probably... No, they're going to buy them to mock them anyway. It doesn't... You know. Right. 
And once again, did I make Shana a mistake at the uh, at the beginning? Because I in in the limo, I thought that was video, or was that Lindsay? Because they look really similar. No, no, that was video. Was, but I'm that just was saying, video. like, okay, Lindsay, But I'm just saying, like, in general, Lindsay doesn't know who oh, this guy general. is. Oh, in general, right? Yeah. Of course. At Costello Studios, Maria Costello pleads Fitzgerald to give up his performance art. His sculptures are what's in demand. For Fitzgerald, the Gem and the Holograms music video is an important creative project, but Maria threatens him if he's not completed her demands by the end of the week. Now, I wonder what she has in store. Mm. The Misfits meet with Eric Raymond and express their concerns about the publicity Gem and the Holograms are receiving now that Fitzgerald Beck is the artistic director behind their music video. Eric was not previously aware that he was working on the Holograms' music video and begins to profess his love for Beck's sculptures. Eric was only able to afford one of his smaller pieces, but one of their backers, Alex Falk, is letting him keep a few other pieces while he's away in Europe. Pizzazz questions Eric about whose career he's really managing. And, um, oops, let me do that again. Pizzazz questions... Pizzazz questions Eric about whose career he's actually managing, Beck's or the Misfits. Eric completely glosses over Pizzazz's question and just walks out the door, and he remembers in that moment that he had an appointment with Falk at the Costello Gallery. The Misfits decide to follow Eric, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. So this is, once again, why I feel like this the the guy who wrote this has something against like high art or avant-garde art because he made Eric a lover of Fitzgerald Beck's sculptures. And Eric, as we know, is the worst. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. they're clearly only the uh the spawn of Satan would like that work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Which Eric is. Eric is the well, he's the spawn of somebody. And speaking <laughs> of that point the, the Raymond Crime the thing, family. The thing that happens next, the thing that happens next totally totally like just feeds right into the raymond crime family hypothesis yeah it does i'm literally i am literally bouncing like literally can you imagine a uh a uh uh, like a comedy sitcom like in the sort of the the same idea of the adams family but just call it the raymond crime family what (laughs) i don't know why that just popped in my head i'm sorry the raymond crime family At the Costello Gallery, Eric meets with Alex Falk, who introduces him to the owner, Maria. Falk asks Eric to take care of the sculptures while he's away, and Maria suggests that he invest in Fitz... Maria suggests that he invest in Fitzgerald's work, as the dividends are surprising. As Maria walks Alex out, he mutters that he'll be laying low from the cops. What is Eric getting himself into? I told you... This dude, this Alex dude, is nothing more than like some associate of the Raymond Crime family. He's probably like, you know, some distributor of, of, or he's like some connected to unions or something. And and he has all these Beck uh, thingies, and he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do to get the heat off of me. And Eric's brother's like, Well, my messed up brother will probably hold on to those for you <laughs> while you're gone. He's not good for much, but he'll be good for that. And I was just like, yeah, let me give your, let me give Fredo a call. Fredo. (laughs) Oh, God. Look, your hypothesis holds up, like, astoundingly well. It's just affirmed every episode. 
right? Because like, I mean, otherwise, who who is this man? And how did Eric get hooked up with him? Like, he just randomly comes in. And I love how as he's walking out, he doesn't make that aside. He's like, so I can get the cops off my butt. And I'm like, what? <laughs> really, dude? And Eric is just like, whoa, Beck's Beck things. You know, just, oh, my God. <laughs> the misfits wait for Alex, Maria and Eric to leave. Pizzazz picks up a random piece from one of Fitzgerald's sculptures and shakes it. She questions if there's something hidden within them. Roxy listens to the rattling noise coming from the piece that Pizzazz shook and says, they're a girl's best friend. And I thought in my mind, why would she assume they're diamonds? Because obviously that's what she's saying here. It's weird. Roxy knows what a diamond sounds like. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's three of them. Roxy? That's exactly what it is knows what a diamond sounds like that's hidden in a thing that's incredible that's like a superpower she's from the streets yo stormer makes note that the sculptures are going to be used in the gem and the holograms music video pizzazz formulates a plan to not only get the holograms in trouble but also to get payback for eric's neglectful management let's put management in air quotes no Poor not pizzazz. a whole lot of management involved here <laughs> Poor pizzazz won't anybody think of pizzazz I mean, Don't really. feel too bad for her because she actually says, last time we almost sank her boat, this time we're going to blow her out of the water. Yeah, I was really taken aback by that. It's like, Once wow. We're skirting the line. Very clear. Murder. Violence. Murder. Violence, violence, violence. Misfits Indeed. count felony count in this episode, too. Well, let's take a break and uh, cut to a Misfits music video called Surprise, Surprise. They just love these uh, repetitive songs lately. Is this three for three? What did we have before? Uh, gimme a gimmick and then gimme, 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 right? Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah, Gimme you're a right. gimmick. Yeah. It's really repetitive. It's really no, repetitive. I don't even, and that's not even the problem with it. The problem with it is just it's an annoying, dumb song. Yeah, it, it's, they're going for like kind of that I don't know, dissonant, uh, like, I don't know, Dadaist sound with it and mixing yeah, it with they like, are. rock. And, you know, I think it's, it's an attempt to, to make it cohesive, like with the, the avant-garde art theme. And I, I think it just kind of falls on its face. It's, it's repetitive. It's annoying. There's not like, it's, it's not something that, that I'm like, oh, the lyrics are repetitive, but it's got a good beat. You know, it's got a good melody or something, and I'll sing it anyway. It's just kind of grating. All that tight spandex, I think it's really restricting the, the, the flow of oxygen to Pizzazz's brain. And she just flat out cannot write songs. Gotta get out of that spandex sometime. It's true. The Misfits hire some goons to help move the sculptures to the set of the Holograms music video. Jem and the holograms begin their performance, but only a few seconds into it, the misfits remotely explode Fitzgerald's robotic sculptures, revealing the Rockwell jewels that were recently stolen. The police investigate and place the blame on the band and consider Fitzgerald back a prime suspect as well. The police officer, bleh, the police officer running the case doesn't allow the holograms to leave the venue until they catch their prime, subs, prime suspect. Okay, let, let me just take a second here. If the holograms are a suspect as well as Fitzgerald, why wouldn't they actually arrest them officially and send them down to the police station to, to the lockup? You can't just make somebody stay there unless they're actually under arrest and you read them their Miranda rights. That and also 
why would you as a cop assume that the robots that blew up on stage in front of people while you were singing would be the people who were behind it? It makes no sense. Like that. Yeah. Why would you that 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 means like that you just want it to be caught, which makes no sense. Right. I feel like. The cops in this episode went to the same school jumping to conclusion as every cop in a murder she wrote episode. <laughs> That's accurate. In fact, uh, the police officer here is not entirely bright because what happens next is, um, uh, where are we here? Um, Jem creates a diversion by knocking on the table, which shockingly works. So weird. Because the officer opens the door. Now, first of all, can't you tell that noise is coming from the table from the opposite end of the room? Really? Uh, that's just so, so much Look, wrong with that. All I can say is that this cop clearly, he, he was, he played a cop, cop on Murder, She Wrote, and they plucked him right from Murder, She Wrote, and they put him right in this script. Because cops on Murder, She Wrote will fall for that kind of stuff all the time, too. I feel like this dude, he, he, he... He probably wrote a Murder, She Wrote episode. I'm just saying. I think he went to the, the Scooby-Doo Police Academy. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> Ruh-roh! <laughs> it's like right next to Clown College. It's yes. all there together. Mm-hmm. For your convenience. All the veteran cops teaching them are Keystone Cops. <laughs> love it. Synergy creates a hologram of Fitzgerald Beck, who immediately runs away, creating the perfect diversion so that Gem and the holograms can escape. The band tries to figure out where the most obvious place Fitzgerald would hide out in, and of course it's his loft, which is really dumb, because the police, like, that's the first place they're going to check. Come on. And yet they didn't, so... And Well, yeah, at least not at first. The holograms find Fitzgerald and warn him that the police are looking for him and that he should leave immediately. They know he's innocent, but it seems like bad advice to me to suggest a man with nothing to hide should run from the police. This is not a good message for children. Yeah, that was really weird. Well, he was packing to leave altogether and they stop him from doing that. They're like, you have to prove your innocence. The police are our friends. Right. Yes, sometimes. Fitzgerald is down on himself and doesn't care if he's caught. He explains to the holograms that no one likes his sculptures anymore, since they clearly were just being used to smuggle stolen jewels. Jem tries to lift his spirits by saying his sculptures are kind of cute. Fit Fitzgerald has an epiphany. Maria Castello must be the one responsible for the stolen jewels. Maria is the proprietor of the art gallery, so logically she, she obviously must be the culprit, right? Well, when the end... When the NYPD comes knocking on uh, uh, on his door, he escapes down the fire escape with the holograms. Again, that's just sending the wrong message. Not only that, but the NYPD will shoot you in the back. I don't know. I mean, maybe they thought because they were white, most of them. I mean, Shayna probably was like, wait, the NYPD shoot us in the back. And Aja just grabbed her and they ran. But they'll shoot you in the back. Please don't sue me, NYPD. I'm just telling it like it is. Sage advice. They should have just used us for the after, uh, you know, the PSA message or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, just don't run from the cops, kids, because they'll shoot you in the back. Well, at least the NYPD will. Other cops, no. After regrouping at a secure location, Jem questions Fitzgerald about Maria Costello being the jewel thief. 
Jem puts two and two together and says Maria can't be responsible because letting the sculptures explode to expose stolen goods are clearly against her own best interest. Slow clap. Bravo, Jem. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Finally, the band concludes that the misfits must be responsible as they practically made a career out of sabotaging the holograms. No, th- that is their career. It is, but I still feel like that's really crappy logic. They're just like, things are going badly for us. I know it must be the misfits. And I know that it is, but it could be some other people, maybe sometimes a little bit. I don't know. It's just but not so not far, by the wacky ru- not by the wacky rules in this in this warped world well i guess that's true jem and fitzgerald head back to his loft grab some of his sculptures for reinforcements while kimber Shayna, and aja eavesdrop on a conversation the misfits are having in their recording studio that proves they're responsible for everything fitzgerald and the holograms regroup in front of maria costello's apartment jem jem heads in alone and knocks on maria's door when Maria answers, a hologram of Eric appears and tells her that Fitzgerald told the cops everything, including where she's been hiding the stolen jewels. Maria frantically leaves the building and leads the holograms to their secret location, Maria's own nightclub, which, by the way, was the exact location they had that party in the beginning of the show. Weird. Yeah. One of the Fitzger- uh, one of Fitzgerald's robotic creations captures Maria and throws handcuffs on her. When one of the club's bouncers tries to attack Fitzgerald and the holograms, another robot pummels the bouncer, sending him flying. That robot was actually kind of really funny. It, yeah. It has now, like multiple boxing gloves and it just spun around and beat the crap out of that guy. It looked pretty tiny though to have that amount of force, but okay. I wondered if, if Pixar people watched this before Wally so that they could have, you know, like those scenes of all the robots on the ship. Mm, that um, that actually kind of came. Uh, to, yeah. That I actually yeah. thought about that too. I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of, yeah. Prototypes, prototypes. Yep. Jem commands one of the officers to arrest Costello, but instead, she gets the handcuffs. When trying to explain that she isn't the real thief, one of Fitzgerald's creations comes to the rescue and finds the stolen jewels. Now, how did that robot know the jewels were behind that mirror? Because them. these robots are literal deus ex machina. Like, literal. They are, they're little gods and those little robot machines that are like, oh, for the convenience of the plot, we're going to open up this panel right here. I believe it. it. Yeah. I'm so glad you're on this show. I am too. I also want to point out how, so the cops show up and Jem is like, arrest her. And they're like, arrest her, but you're the one we've been chasing. And I was like, they have a point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a great moment where she's like, get her. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're the, you're the bad guy. You're the one running away. That makes you look guilty, kids. So the robot uh, finds the stolen jewels, and uh, we pretty much end this episode with the police uh, arresting Maria Costello. Uh, but not uh, before uh, Fitzgerald admits to his affection for Jem, though it's more implied as we don't actually see the beginning of the conversation. It's just like the tail end of it. And Jem explains right. it would never work out and says there's someone else. And... Fitzgerald says he'll have to quit the music video as working beside Jim would be agony. Okay, so unrequited love. It's it's not okay. But there's lots of things because remember earlier, like when they first catch up with Fitz, you know, in his loft department as he's like packing things, he almost tells Jim 
of his deep love for her. And she's like, I don't want to hear this crap. I'm not here for it. And then like, then he's like, I got to tell you, oh, wait, Maria. And then that goes off on that tangent. So we kind of saw the beginning of that conversation, but I feel like maybe it wasn't shown because it's so deeply creepy. Like maybe they even wrote it and animated it. And then somebody saw that and they were like, we cannot have this happening to Jim. This man is insane. And he is super creepy. And he's like, I love you because then his, his little reaction is, I can't work on your video unless I can have you. I think he even says that. Mm-hmm. Cuz like in my notes he says, you know, it's, he can't stand being so close to her without having her. And I was like, that is the worst. I thing agree. I agree it is creepy, ever. but I don't I mean, I realize this is a cartoon, but I don't want to make any assumptions that he actually would like do anything inappropriate because i mean there no, are pe- no, no, that's not the issue though yeah no that's not it at all okay. it's, the, it's the whole like if i can't have you then i can't even be around you right and i'm like what right. like you know that i mean basically fitzgerald is is a real early nice guy tm mm, um who's not knight. really a nice guy mm-hmm. like not even just white knighting but just like somebody who like he literally has no no ability to function in a normal way around a woman that he's attracted to and if he can't have her and he thinks of it as like having her like owning her then then he just can't that even says look it at all. her yeah that says it all he d- doesn't see her as a person it's more of a more of a possession and a, an infatuation an unhealthy infatuation and, and just as an object of of his desire mm-hmm. yep very flawed flawed person well we end the episode with a gem in the holograms music video and i was wondering when is this music video coming but because yeah. they started like they would every time they tried to film this video they were playing the beginning of the actual song and then we get it all the way at the end and uh the music video is i believe in happy endings oh there's a devil entendre <laughs> no happy end- no happy ending for fits though unfortunately this is true although i will say i i actually kind of wish that the garbage boat portion had actually made it to the video because it was so funny to like watch jim trying to look all fancy and ethereal in front of a pile of garbage <laughs> it's kind of amazing we didn't actually talk about this but i i feel I feel absolutely terrible. You know, the real victim in this episode, the real victim... Oh, I can't wait to hear this. ...is the garbage boat. Yep. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. True. But uh, as to the, the song and the video, like, the video's just a concert video, so it's, you know, it's whatever. I do really love the song, though. This is one of my favorite gem songs, I believe, in Happy Endings. It's like a really... It just has really nice melody. Uh, it has a... It's a nice... Like the lyrics are nice. It's just it's a cool song. So yeah, it's one of my top, my top gems songs. Well, and I liked too with the video that they you know they made an attempt at showing like different things. You know, like the I don't know what it's called. I'm not a I'm not a music person, but like the uh with the drums, the brushes on the drums. You know, to to get a, a different. Oh sound. yeah, yeah. And that was really cool. yeah, like like I kind of feel like. It's 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 the contrast to the Misfits song where, you know, it was like dissonant, dadaist, you know, not good in my opinion to like, I believe in happy endings, which is like a much softer, much, um, much, I don't know, much more gem song, I guess. Yeah. But like, it was also experimental kind of. Yeah, it's really cool. And I have to say props to, I really do like that the pink 
sort of I guess it's a jumpsuit. I don't know, like with her little orange scarf. I have always liked that particular gem outfit. I think it's because I've always associated it with this song. And I really love this song. Well, on that note, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about episode 26, which is Glitter and Go! Oh my gosh! I'm so excited because we returned to like some some episodes that I I really like, but I like this episode for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> so. You kind of I'm interested at glitter, I you know, glitter, like glitter. Awesome. yeah. But it's a pretty central theme for the show: fashion and fame, That's true. glitter, glitter, fashion, fame. Yep. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to the Gemcast. I'm Alex Knight, and with me, of course, as always, is Aline Sims, who has an amazing podcast that you should definitely check out. Uh, you can find that in your podcast app of choice if you just search for less than or equal. The website for her podcast is less than or equal dot com. You can follow her. You can follow her on Twitter at Aline, that's A-L-E-E-N, and her show at Less Than or Equal. And uh, you're, actually, Aline, you write from uh, on occasion at uh, AlineMean.com. I love that domain name. Thank you. And, uh, of course, uh, Aline is also a part of App camp for girls which we've mentioned before on previous episodes it's a very important cause teaching uh girls how to uh make their own apps and get interested in uh that whole uh tech uh community in general which Mm -hmm. is really really awesome and it's just great to see uh your update uh in the last week or so about the donation goals that uh that you reached i think you had a goal of something like 330 dollars is that Mm -hmm. right yeah, I was trying to raise, it, it was something I decided to do kind of spur of the moment. Um, so I didn't really put a lot of planning into it. So it's like, oh, if I can get $330, cause I would turn 33, then, um, then I'll be really happy if I can get $330 for App Camp. And, um, Jason Snell, uh, formerly of Macworld retweeted that and someone at Adobe was like, done, donated $330 for you. So I was actually able to raise $1,000 for App Camp for girls in just a couple of days, which was super exciting for me. That's amazing. Amazing. And K Tempest Bradford, you are a writer and people can find pretty much, I think, all of your sort of work and all your social media on tempest.fluidartist.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. And you do have a, a really great video series on YouTube as well. I think your YouTube handle is K Tempest Bradford. Correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Great. Awesome. Um, so yeah, lots of, uh, lots of book reviews and I love that you're, uh, yeah, exposing, it was really neat. uh, you know, new and upcoming, uh, authors that don't necessarily get a lot of, uh, media coverage and, um, you know, especially people that, uh, are, you know, generally, um, not, uh, not white privileged, uh, people, but, uh, you're giving people uh, a chance from a variety of, of ethnicities and genders, and I think that's that's really great. And that more of that needs to happen because I just think there's so many talented writers out there that uh, just never really see the light of day for the most part. So anything anything that can be done to uh, uh, get their names out there and um, make sure that people find their amazing work is awesome. And uh, you can be found on Twitter at Tiny Tempest as well since everyone seems to really only care about Twitter these days. <laughs> and it's as, true. 
And as for our show, we are at Gem Podcast on Twitter and uh, pretty much the same handle everywhere, including Facebook, now Google Plus, which is a barren wasteland. Uh, you can uh, find us on iTunes as well at Gemcast. And uh, if you do have a moment, please do leave us a rating and if you have left a rating thank you very much we appreciate your support as well um the ratings do uh, help other people discover our show and that's really the ultimate goal as well because we are primarily actually we're entirely listener supported uh and if you're feeling generous you can support the show additionally by donating uh, you know, a buck or two or whatever uh, you feel comfortable with by going to gemcast.tv forward slash donate. You can also send us feedback, which we very much encourage by going to gemcast.tv forward slash contact. And I think that's it. So show's over, Synergy. Synergy.